You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. You can't be ready, Sid Talk, if you're eating and drinking and shit. <laughs> I'm not shitting. No. Put I'm down. just having a little bit of popcorn. Okay. And a little bit of tea. I was just reading an article, the most important thing ever, I feel, that <laughs> NASA scientists confirmed yesterday that there is a high possibility of life on Mars. Potential. Because a meteorite hit Earth in the 80s, and they found some bacteria on it that they assumed at the time had just happened here. Once it had hit Earth, this bacteria had formed on it. But now, looking back... They say that that bacteria was already on the rock before it hit us, meaning bacteria coming from space or Mars. Right. So, interesting. I, I like reading stuff like that. Cause it's also interesting because this is not a scientific, nor is it an outer space kind of a podcast. No. But obviously there's life <laughs> elsewhere, obviously. Oh my God, how I could mean, anybody think there isn't? I mean, oh my God kind of explains it. People don't like to think about, but there has to be. It's anyway. going to be like some weird anomaly in all of existence. This is not scientific podcast <laughs> NASA edition. This is after the show number 98. Holy crap. And this is Sunday, November the 29th, 2009. So uh, welcome to the podcast where we review movies and one movie in particular. The movie this week is Public Enemies on Blu-ray. This is a 2009 movie and a 2009 Blu-ray release. It will be out on Blu-ray and DVD Tuesday the 8th of December, so a couple of weeks-ish. Um, it's from our friends at Universal, and you're going to tell us what it's all about. It's, uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, okay. <laughs> it is basically a condensed version of the events following one of Dillinger's jailbreaks until mm. the time mm-hmm. that he is extinguished. Explain. John Dillinger. Alright, how do I have to explain that? Everybody's going to know what that is. He's like a kind of a two-bit bank robber from the 30s who got a little bit too tangled up with, potentially with, uh, what's it called? Organized crime, but not enough to be protected. And caught too much attention from the new and upcoming FBI, which is a focus of this. It's like the the three elements kind of coming together there. This two-bit outlaw guy who happened to be pretty successful charmer of the public, the up-and-coming organized crime syndicates and whatnot who basically turned Wild West kind of crime coming into the new century into big corporation kind of crime. You know, very organized, organized crime. Correct. And then the new and -and up-and-coming sort of counterbalance to that supposed to be would have been the FBI and Hoover. And, you know, in my mind... Not just laid out in this movie, but always have thought. You know, no offense, right? But men who have these, like, um, bullyish uh, power control issues, a criminal versus the big time law enforcement people, they're all the same. You know what I mean? And that kind of is laid out here that Edgy Edgar is so determined to bring them down, he'll do anything. And they're so determined to just do their crime stuff you know they're kind of the same type of people so this movie kind of hits on that and then it's just it's just a little you know sliver at these last few months of yeah and I think it 
um, going into the movie itself. I think the movie takes a lot of liberties with the truth. <laughs> yeah. There's there's factual liberties that in in it, um, such as like uh, some of his henchmen died after him. Yeah, in the movie they died oh. before him. I mean, we're not giving anything away. It's a yeah. uh, saying that he's going to die at some point. But that's like saying we're not going to tell you what happens at the end of Bonnie and Clyde or yeah, exactly. Sundance of the <laughs> Sundance. So there are factual, but I mean, it's kind of dressed up as a it's it's a movie. Yeah. Um, it's let's just go off the bat. Did you like this movie? I did. I'm torn. Because I really like the story it's telling. It's got a lot going on with that exact idea. The changing of organized crime. The change of crime in America. This law enforcement. The new thing about, you know, well, just the change in law enforcement. And I think the, like, trying to look at a man... It's also, to me, it was like looking at this dude who kind of had the public wrapped around his finger. He was a real charmer. He liked the attention. And I really like kind of examining that aspect of it. And I'm pointing like I'm pointing at a big screen <laughs> over your head. I really like that part. You know, where it kind of highlights him enjoying the crowd waving as he's being arrested. And, and you know that if, you know, he was like a public figure of sorts. Kind of like your wretched, uh, what are they called? In... Oliver Stone's movie. Natural it's like Bonkers. that, but the real life. It's about how the that. public idolize. And I really like scumbags. looking at the real. Obviously, it's not a documentary, but bringing up in my mind, and I it's well made mostly, but as we will discuss, I'm sure when we come to the quality of the sound and the image and stuff, and it felt, I don't know, the content I loved, performances fantastic, content. I, mean, I think I said that the story. I mean, it's intriguing. You can't you can't deny that reality of this kind is kind of intriguing. But as a movie, it just felt a little discombobulated. Uh, okay, or I'll give you mine. What I think. I thought I like Michael Mann's work in general. You know, I've I've always liked his stuff. I even liked Miami Vice, which some people mm-hmm. really didn't like. I thought it was really a good version of his original Miami Vice. You know, a. a, a and it's Gritty his, so he can version. do what he wants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and I loved Collateral. You know, there's plenty of movies by Michael Mann that I loved. And his style shows through here. You know, this is... Um, painstakingly... The movie looks like, you know... The sets are expensive. This detail... Paid, I like attention to detail in movies. And there's a lot of detail in this movie. Um, you, you know, it's 1930s. And... Mm. There's no it. The only thing that kind of takes away from it not being the 1930s for me, and this is something you might not have even think about, is this movie was filmed in like super high definition. There's so there's like no film grain and there's no old look to the video. It looks like something that was filmed in 2009. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of detracts a little bit from you know. Something that's supposed to look 1930s-ish. It also takes away from the su- the sum of the effects they do try to achieve by trying to kind of splice in what looks like original film footage, you know, newsreels. Then they try to splice in a little bit of stylized what it must have been like. Say, for example, like you said, it was dark. They're at the airport and they have to shoot off these flares so that all of the reporters and people can see. They're holding like these bottle rocket looking things that... Just have flame coming out at the end, yeah. And um, 
them trying to attempt to make that look somewhat stylized and a little bit in the moment of a 30s thing, and then you flash right back to a scene that's, like you said, it just is like, See, the thing with... Like, hey, the sets and the clothes have the look. Yeah. But, but the video doesn't. See, the thing is with HD video, or this, this particular, it's absolutely, like, unforgiving. It's exactly what you see. There's no covering anything. There's no grain to make it look like a vibe to it. You know, like grainy films look it makes them look a particular way. There is no grain, so it it's like a like a home video and Michael Mann uses this well, his D P uses this zooming in and out kind uh, of I don't I mean like it's that. not it's not overly done, I didn't think, in this movie. I've seen worse. You know, I it's not Cloverfield. I felt like it was a little overdone, the shakiness. But, but yeah, and the zoom 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 yeah. and, and and that's a another thing that is very unnatural for something that's supposed to be an old piece for me. It's, like in Miami Vice, it worked fine because he used it in Miami Vice all the time and, you know, it's Miami Vice and it's a stylistic-looking, newish thing. This, it kind of distracted me and I'm not easily distracted. Because it wasn't done seamlessly. The editing and the way it was chopped together, to me, it was actually jarring at times, this sort of, like... I don't know, like it wasn't all... It's a Michael Mann trademark. He's done that since Collateral. Collateral also had that... Yeah, but it worked. Yeah, it did. It It worked in Collateral. It worked in Miami Vice. This just seemed kind of manic to me sometimes. And not in the way that makes you think about the mental state of the main main character. No, it it, it doesn't even seem to be a reason for it. I felt like it needed to be... And we usually complain about a movie being very utilitarian, like stand back and let the camera do it. I think it needed more of that. Yes, it yeah. would have really served Because I well. actually have no complaints about anybody in the movie. The, all the acting was great. Awesome. Um, really good casting. Outfits, cars, guns, the whole thing looks fantastic. I think the DP's decisions with the cameras and the way it was shot is kind of what takes away from it. I agree. Because I was watching it thinking, this is absolutely a great movie. But <laughs> those things, and, and the, I noticed them. You're not supposed to notice exactly. them. Exactly, exactly. And you know, I think the one other thing besides that look of it and stuff is I never felt as brought into who, who Dillinger was. I mean, he... I don't know how to describe it, but I felt like it wasn't... I wasn't drawn in enough. There wasn't enough storytelling up to this moment in time in his life. And It doesn't go very deep, even into his relationship with his girl. It is pretty much matter-of-fact the way it's played in the movie. Here's a girl, here's the reason he likes her, and here he is yeah, with Yeah, it's her. like we're supposed... We, it's like the movie guy wrote it, and man just assume We all know the story. From a we book. all know what's going to happen. I mean, we know because yeah. it's Dillinger, and, we and this know. is he, this is in front of a movie theater. He gets shot down, and he was some kind of gangster or something. But this is an adaptation true. of a book, right? Uh, about of the re- you know of a novel. It doesn't matter. We all still know the story, right. so it's almost like he skips over a lot of stuff. That if you're going into this movie to get the whole of the story, even throughout, it would have been better to add some. I mean, he says at one point, you know, my mother died, my brother, my father beat me because he didn't know what to do, and then I grew up fast, and and like literally, that was the speech of his life. And you know, I just want a little bit more. My one of my recommendations, I'll go ahead and bring up now. I know it's too early, but it like the what is it called? The assassination of Jesse James by the coward 
Yeah, see, whatever. No, funnily enough, that one, that movie, completely fills. I know it's lots of fantasy in, included in this real life, supposed to be drama about somebody, but there was something about that it just really drew me in. Well, that movie I thought about while this movie me was too. on. Me too, over and, and over. And what I thought was, you know, like a glamorous, like some. Like Dillinger was an iconic figure in the public, so was Jesse James. I, I kept thinking, yeah, Jesse James film. But the Jesse James film was so much more. It was yeah. more deep and filled in. This, I, think this I, one, I think what I'm missing from Dillinger, because with the Jesse James, and it could have been just Brad Pitt, and it could have been how, you know, the whole. You got moments. Not just in this movie. The only thing, the other thing I'd complain about this movie is there are a lot of empty long shot, not close up shots of people who are supposed to be going through some sort of crisis in their mind or thinking of something, you know, and the expression on their face is supposed to be telling you, and they linger quite a while, but they're actually quite, it doesn't really do anything. There's too many of it. You get the girlfriend a few times, you get Dillinger a few times, you get the Percy guy or whatever his name was Actually, a few times. From and the- it didn't have the impact. Whereas with Jesse James, like there's one thing where he goes outside and you're just watching him from a distance and he's kind of like walking and it's quiet but the music is there and there's more imp- there's just something about it wasn't done in this story enough to get me in their heads, you know? In the making of uh, one, one of the extras when um, Christian Bale was say, say, he was saying something to Christian Bale about you should do this reaction at this point because then we will understand how the, this mm-hmm. there is a lot of that mm-hmm. where it's I only realized what they were trying to get after they told me so right and I knew what they were trying to get at but again that should have not been me thinking about oh this is the director telling the guy to yeah. look because it just was too often and there were no. It, it wasn't aha moments for the characters. It was just brief zooming. I mean, it almost felt independent, but slapped between scenes that it didn't. It didn't have any impact, and I felt that kind of lacked. I'm sounding like I didn't like it. I actually really enjoyed the story and the yeah. Concept. For me, for me, I split this thing into two parts. There's the look and feel of it, which I didn't particularly like. Even though there are moments of brilliant stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like some of the bank robberies are like amazing looking. You know, if you take away the zooming in and out and stuff. Yeah. And I'm not, this isn't Cloverfield. Like, if some people are thinking, oh, this zooming in and out. It's not that, it's not like that. It's not shaky cam. It's... There's a little shaky cam. Yeah, but it's not. It's not like, it's not crazy you're going to have a headache shaky cam. It's... You, you know the thing that I always hate, like, in The Dark Knight, for instance, where the camera takes off and starts going around people? Yeah. It's almost as annoying as that for me. It's It's... An overused thing now. Uh, you see it quite a lot. Um, I, I liked it the first couple of times I saw it, but then sometimes this movie in particular, this it's not needed at all. I don't know what they were thinking because yeah, and there the movie's so detailed. Thinking, why are you Why are you distracting me? Yeah, from the movie what's looks great, on? so you don't need to distract me because uh, I'm interested in in the set. I want to see yeah. all the things on the shelves. I don't want to see the actor's face like because it, the way it's done as well. It is like I am actually completely aware that there's a man standing there with a weird harness and he's probably got jeans on and a t-shirt and he's got this camera on his shoulder and he's running up to him and backing up and moving around. I shouldn't be thinking about that either because it's not 
relevant to what's going on. Well, I understand you, part of man's thing was he wanted us to feel more like we're in the moment with the characters, but I think some people are misinterpreting that shaky thing because as I'm sitting here looking at you, I'm not no, shaking. I'm not no shaking. Shaking. <laughs> I'm not even, like even if I'm even if I'm doing action and stuff, even if I'm you know free running across the roofs of the town and you're watching me, you see a static Correct. You don't see anything going on. Even when you're running, you don't see the world necessarily in shaky cam view because no. your brain and your eyes work together to keep you from having that. So I just felt like that was inappropriate and it was distracting. It almost feels show. film schooly to me, like somebody, yes, somebody totally. said. And, and you know when I said I really hate the way things on MTV are put together, like cribs, like where there's a distinct style to it and it just kind of jars you and kind of gets on your nerves after a while. It's like that. And... This movie is completely unnecessary, as Jesse James' movie, what we saw, which was a real still, almost Paul Thomas Anderson-looking yeah, kind of movie. Yeah, but it had like, moments when he was having crisis in his mind where it went a little tipsy and a little... Mem- you know, remember the... He looked through stained gla- uh, glass, blurry glass. Right, just a couple of times. Yeah. But that was completely appropriate, and it didn't take you away. It made you focus on what you're supposed to focus on, which is this man is having a mental... Breakdown now in this movie today. It's like it's uh, yeah. So, so like I say, separate yeah. this movie into two parts. The actual movie is really good. The story's good. The acting's good. Everybody who's in it is really good. All the set pieces are really good. I enjoyed it. But the DP's decisions you have to kind of shift off to the side. You might like this if you're yeah. listening. You might actually like this style, but it's just personal thing for me that I don't like. It's just you know. Cutting edge cameras, 1930s subject matter kind of doesn't go together for me. I mean, yeah, like the Angelina Jolie where her son was stolen, the Changeling. That movie that was, was beautiful, and it because you have to absorb because we're not in the 1930s and we're not in the year 20, 22, <laughs> the year 5000. When you're in those time pieces, you know, time period movies, you need to be able to absorb it all and not be taken out of it, to me anyway. Yeah, so for me, overall, for the movie, I absolutely enjoyed it. It's two hours, 20 minutes long. Pretty meaty movie. So a lot, a lot goes on start to finish, yep. actually. It's, a, it's, quite a, it's not a big chunk of his life, because quite mm. a small chunk of his life, but there's a lot of events. And, you know, some of the events are really... I was epic. Yeah, epic. Even just the when he goes into a room and the uh he's talking to the guy from the mob, basically, like the syndicate, and the syndicate's telling him that he's just an amateur hack, that's not the way they work anymore. Um you basically have we we're not gonna help you anymore. We're cutting you off. And it's yeah, yeah, it's it seems like that. They were just like powerful to me. And like, powerful the set as well. Yeah, I mean the, it's really super detailed and like massive on a big scale. Everything was. Yeah, and then the, you know, there's if you like, you know, I'm a sucker for heist movies. Always have been. <laughs> there's heists in it now, not detailed planned heists because Dillinger was more of a let's just muscle our way in and get out quick kind of guy. It's not not cracking safes or anything. It was just you know violent. grab the guy who knows how to open the open safe, safe and yeah. make him open the safe. But you know, these are interesting heists. I mean. And shootouts and, and jailbreak, two break jailbreak, yeah, jail, a jailbreak, which I don't feel you see enough jailbreaks in movies. <laughs> I like things like that. Jail. So yeah, this the content's great, the story's great, the filmmaking part is a little bit. It's 
Now, on the filmmaking part, I just want to mention um, about... Now, it's, this isn't a problem with the Blu-ray disc, which I thought until I came upstairs and did a little bit of research. Now, the audio in this movie is actually a mess. It's really bad. Do you hear what I'm saying? Can you understand what I'm saying? Well, it's actually... <laughs> it, the audio, I thought at first there was I had set my receiver wrong. I said to you, we watched the first five minutes... Now, the problem is, uh, dialogue is really muffled. It's particularly bad at the beginning. And I was, I was kind of like, whoa, are my ears clogged up? And, I thought the same thing. Oh, my then, God. And then I was like, oh, hold on, I changed my receiver last week. Uh, I changed it to move cinema mode because I wanted to see if that was better than movie mode. So I'll change it back to movie mode. So I, I changed it. And then it's still, we, we was looking at each other saying, why is this all muffled? And then I turned, and then I found a setting on my receiver called Dialogue Enhancement, which makes dialogue sound better. Now, in the hundreds of Blu-ray discs I've ever, I've never ever fiddled with anything on the receiver. It always sounds great. So this was weird. So I turned the dialogue, and it kind of sounded a little bit better. I don't know if that was just a the effect of us having it switched on, <laughs> or the movie got a bit better. I think what it did was it did that levelator thing where it knows what parts are dialogue, and it just pumped all them up yeah, but, um, and the weird thing was you'd be in a scene with like four or five people and one person would talk and you've mentioned it before it sounded like they were right up on the speaker and you're hearing on a, a really mic. clear sound and the person next to them is like they've looped their voice and they didn't get the sound right looping means they've done it then they went back to the studio and they're watching themselves on the film and they ADR. re-record they re-record their voice over the top and whoever laid that sound over the movie crank it down really low and it's kind of woefully and it's like it's weird because in now, a conversation you get two different levels yeah and there's, there's there's some scenes where um it sounds like they're on a studio mic like we are and then it sounds like they weren't mic'd at all all of a sudden like right. all of a sudden yeah. in one sentence yep like, exactly so so yes that is not a problem with the blu-ray disc because I went and looked up theatrical reviews of um public enemies and there's plenty of people who came out of the theatrical reviews saying it, this was a great movie, but uh, the dialogue, what was going on with that? Because I couldn't hear what they were saying. So that has been faithfully reproduced onto the Blu-ray <laughs> They made say. no effort to disrupt that whatsoever. No. So, yes, you will have problems. You will have to fiddle with your receiver. Or like the one guy said, if you don't have any fancy anything like that, you just have to turn the volume up and down. And then when you do that, your eardrums are going to bust because when shot, of... When gunshots yeah, happen. because that sounded too severe. I mean, I don't care if he's trying to be realistic. That was too much versus the sound of the music and the level of the... Uh, there were other scenes where there's people talking and you know there's stuff going on around them. They're in a busy, busy room. And all of a sudden, the volume for that... It's like you're at the sound desk with the guy and he goes, Oh, we need to crank down the, the background sound. And you can actually feel the sound. Go down. You're in the same situation, in the same room, still surrounded by people, and all of a sudden the volume goes down. Now, in other movies and TV, it happens all the time, but it isn't... It's seamless. Well, I've got to say that this... It's a 2009 movie. It's cutting edge. It's using the latest cameras and obviously audio equipment. And awesome people involved. Yeah, it's... I don't know how it happened. Like, because we're not imagining that it sounds bad. Because it actually sounds bad. I mean, it's mixed wrong. Um, I'd like to... If if anybody out there else agrees with us or disagrees, I'd like to hear some feedback on this because... You know, it's a big Hollywood movie that has diabolical sound. I mean, it it's, it's it's true HD 5.1 sound that sounds terrible. Um, it's better in parts than others, 
But overall, it's pretty bad. But once you've already been stung by it, you're waiting for it all the time. I was always waiting for the next um, conversation to be out of weird. And plus, a lot of that, you know, over-the-shoulder looping that we always talk about. Yeah, that's weird. The jaws moving, but you know that's not what they're saying. Because they've filmed it from behind, then they've filmed it from in front of them. In one scene, she's looking at him. He's not talking. And his jaw is moving. And I was like, oh, God, can you just, like, that's the kind of stuff. But then later, from Michael Mann himself, he cares only about the content. I'm not sure that he's a he's a stickler for those details. I really don't. I mean, you raise your eyebrow, but I really, I think he leaves that to other people. He trusts other people well, to make sure it, it comes out I right. I mean, you know. And he's blinded by the content of what he's doing other than the end of the, you know, the technical aspect I mean, this soundtrack is actually a mess. I mean, as in... It distracts you from enjoying the movie. The first five minutes, I was completely distracted, thinking, "Is there something wrong? I need to go and adjust something." I felt like doing this, you know, hold your nose and blow your ears. I I thought <laughs> I'd, I'd wax your ears. I was like, "Whoa, my ears are getting really bad." Like, so um, if you get this movie, I'm sure it'll be the same on the DVD. Don't complain about it being the Blu-ray. It's not. It is the way the movie sounds. It's exactly how it's supposed to be, I guess. But you know, I've never heard a big budget Hollywood movie where a, a, a leading actor is saying one sentence and the first half of it is quieter than the second half. I mean, it's just like... It, Another student kind of problem. You know, like it's, a beginner filmmaker problem. It's bad, but I mean, we could go on about it yeah, forever, yeah. but I mean, it stuck out to me. Actually, detracted from the movie a bit. Um, I kind of got used to it about halfway through. But still, there was times where I was like, whoa, that's loud, that's quiet, that's loud. You know... <laughs> So, but I, I just got fed up of messing with it, yep. so we just kind of watched it. But um, yeah, don't complain about that. I don't, I don't think it, you're not ever going to see a better version if it was like that in the theatre. I think the things we've talked about explain why this movie wasn't like. Yeah, I think so. Big in your face. Just glaring prob- like Things that other people who don't really think about that stuff wouldn't. Maybe just don't think about. They just think, eh, you know, like. Whatever. It's just something off. And it takes it away from being a great movie, because it. You know. It's got all the elements of a great movie. Great cast, great everything, right? And then it's got... Technical issues. Dodgy audio. And, and, and the the DP stuff isn't technical issues. It's a design choice. Mm. But a design choice that I feel was wrong. Yeah, when they went through it and, and reviewing it, it's almost like sections of the movie were edited visually and then another section and somebody didn't see that didn't like flow together or something. I don't know. So let's move on to the cast because uh, I want to say some mm-hmm. good things about this movie. Because um, we just said a lot of bad stuff. So, um, Johnny Depp plays John Dillinger, you know, the great Do- Johnny Depp. And it's not a, you know, I I actually really like Johnny Depp in almost everything I've seen him in. I think he throws himself fully into characters. It comes off slightly pretentious, I think, in interviews. Not really? slightly, even, a lot. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's an actor sometimes, isn't it? Um, but I really loved him in this. I think he captured him. I don't think he captured him 100%. Mm-hmm. I think I think there was something, another thing, like... Lacked a little depth for me. A little bit. But I feel... He got that superficial thing that you, if you go back and look at news clips and stuff of Dillinger, Mr. Showman... He got that for sure. He yeah. did. There, just, there was no other thing on behind that. And I think probably there was, but it, this didn't... This was more the... Uh, what we imagine Dillinger to be like... And this is what he's like. Yeah, you know? and, he, and you know, Johnny Depp can pull off the charisma kind of guy. Oh, totally. And that's what this guy is, so it worked. 
Now, the highlight of this movie for me is Christian Bale, who I actually think is kind of an underrated, amazing actor. Um, he's really intense in everything he does. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I almost feel like he's too intense, like he's going to have a heart attack. Yes, exactly. So, His head's going to explode one day. Yeah. But this guy, who's the guy on the case of John Dillinger, who's a highly stressed individual with a very serious job to do that he's been given by Hoover himself. You know, I felt like I was... I felt like he was in his skin. Like, yeah. All the time. I felt the stress. I felt the, like, longing to finish this case and do it right. And, you know, and then there's a bit of corruption in there and stuff. Right, it's, and wanting to work against the corruption. And, and a lot of that was pretty subtle stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I think... Um, I just really thought he was... Bet- I thought he kind of outshone Depp a bit. Like, I, I I, was really into the scenes with Christian Bale, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if he outshined him, but he definitely... You know, was, I felt like he was more representative of the guy he was playing, maybe, than Depp was of Dillinger, but then, how do you know? No, you, you know? don't know. <laughs> you know? I don't know, but I just felt there was a little bit shallowness going on there. And that might just be, like, the script, actually. Sure, that's sure. what I was Oh, there's about. a lot of dialogue that's a bit... It's mm-hmm. it's pretty utilitarian, definitely. Like, you know, we just need to re- relay a few points here to the audience, and that's... Yeah, because um, when she says, where do you want to go? And he says, everywhere, and now. Or she says, what do you want? And he says, everything, and now. Yeah, they just want to get... Where do you want to go? Everywhere. The idea you know? to you quickly, yeah. like... Um, yeah, and it's not, and it's not. That's not because it's like a super action pack movie. Because it isn't either. It's more of a like a biopic kind of. Oh, it's a lot of action. Do you feel? I didn't. Yeah, feel there's there lots of action, most... lots of shootouts, and the bank, the prison break, the jail break, the street thing. Obviously, the thing in the woods. Yeah, I guess I mean? so. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> to me, it felt like it was more of a drama than an action. But I if, guess if you think back, there are quite a few set pieces of action. Typical Michael Mann... Um, set pieces. Typical Michael Mann <laughs> set pieces of action. Like other movies that he's done. You know? If you think of the ending to Miami Vice, it's very similar to that scene in the woods. Mm. Mm-hmm. In the way it's filmed, the way it sounds, the way it looks. Um, but yeah, um, Christian Bale, I really liked him. Um, I, I just like him. It's good. The, mach- <laughs> the Machinist is... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I always think of that movie and think, oh, he's put on a lot of weight, but no, he hasn't. <laughs> <coughs> Um, and then we've got the love of John Dillinger's life, who is um, the character's Billy Frechette, but the actress is Marion Cotillard, who I don't know at all. Uh, she she's from familiar, but Yvonne Rose or something. That was mm. what he said she was from. Um, she's good. Which was an Oscar nominated. She's good, and I would love to see her in something else. Yeah, I really liked her. Um, and you, did you think that she was? Johnny Depp's real girl or something. I, I, I just asked if she was because I thought his woman is French. I've never seen her before. She, I really liked her in this part. It wasn't really an, another non-meaty part, really. I mean, it... Not meaty, but somehow she felt more... I don't know. I really liked her. Every reaction... Everything she did, I was looking forward to and I felt she was more... Um, kind of like... Just let it all hang out a lot of times, you know, like with her expressions and everything. Whereas Johnny Depp seemed a little more calculating sometimes with his... Do you know what I'm saying? You know, when we're talking about technical things, when I was saying maybe you shouldn't have filmed this movie in that way because it was a 30s setting and you filmed it in HD and stuff. Um, 
there was another thing, and I, I just bring it up because it was there was photographs of her on the FBI wall, and the photographs looked like they were took taken in two thousand and nine. Not yeah, but that's how they would have looked in nineteen thirty four. They looked brand new when they were brand new. What I mean is they were like they didn't look that. They oh fo- no! Photos then were photos. super crispy clear. Were they? Oh yeah, yeah. So totally. that was something where I was looking yeah, at no, them thinking, totally. "Oh, those photos look like they were took yesterday." Oh, I've looked at some old family photos from the turn of the century that were like you couldn't because be- they've got that old fashioned glass um, right. thing, and you the exposure. Oh yeah, no, I didn't have a problem with that. Plus, they looked, you know. All right, I was wrong. Okay, I'm not so saying you're wrong. I'm saying, unfortunately, that distracted you. Just they. There were, I was. I was. There was a few things where I was kind of like. Uh, you know, this movie's in super sharp high def and, like, <laughs> maybe things are a bit more grubby than that or... But not really. Things are going to be just like they are now. Yeah. We just think of it that way because it's a long time ago. Um, and then we've only got one more person wrote down, even though there were more than this guy. Billy Crudup as Ho- uh, J. Edgar Hoover. He was um, really good. He's Dr. Manhattan he's really from Watchmen. Good. And lots of things. But I-, I wanted to have the guy down who was the... They bring in this, like, hard-ass... Um, Shooter guy, like Some a like a, cow, like a cowboy guy. Law enforcement dudes from Texas who are more um, shooter oriented. More like, yeah, we'll we'll take this guy down in the old style. Like, yeah. like there's none of this sophisticated shit. We'll get a gun, we'll track this him. guy, and we'll shoot him in the head. <laughs> eventually, the guy who does shoot him in the head. But this guy, I don't know who the guy is. I know uh, I didn't put his name. He's really good. He's yeah, got he awesome is. eyes. Oh my god! And he does this move. <laughs> Which I actually commented on. I don't comment on stuff when a movie's on. That a man of his age and stature, I couldn't believe he did it. It was like a he was like a forward roll while he's fired while he's just fired a shotgun and then reloading it while he's rolling, like pumping it. Yeah, it was crazy. I was like, whoa, that guy's like ninja, you know. And he, I guess he was because that was his field, wasn't it? He? he was a specialist in guns. Right. So. um... Yeah, overall, I think a really great cast. Oh, I totally agree. I don't think there was one slip in the bunch. And directed by Michael Mann, as we said earlier, who is the creator of Miami Vice on television and the Miami Vice movie that came out a couple of years ago. He also did Ali, which was really good. Um, Collateral, which I really, really like Collateral a lot. It goes down with Man on Fire. It kind of broaches that level of a little pretentious, too much style. Uh, versus content occasionally but, but overall the, it's really I good. love the actual theme of that movie I'll, yeah I, I think it's really good um, he also did Last of the Mohicans <gasps> and he you know stay alive I will find you excellent <laughs> so we looked at the uh, Blu-ray um, slash digital copy version of the movie so you get two discs one with a digital copy one with the movie with bad sound and <laughs> A lot of, uh, quite a few features, to be honest. Um, it has U-Control, which is standard on Universal Blu-ray discs. It has a couple of features in U-Control. A picture-in-picture... Now, there's a problem here, too. Oh, my God, yeah. Now, there's a picture-in-picture mode where Michael Mann... It's quite good, like a documentary little thing that pops up. We've seen it before, that kind of thing. But because of the weird sound, you can barely hear what they're saying in the... Um, because the movie sound... The movie's, the movie's running. Yeah. The movie's really loud. They're really quiet. You go, I just need to turn it up. I said, that's not going to help really. because the movie just gets louder and you can barely hear what's going on. All right, so there is a U-Control thing and it is watchable. Probably, preferably... You're going to have to turn it up. Let's yeah, but just it's not going to help. I'll put the subtitles on. Subtitles, yeah, that'll be better. And then there's an interactive timeline which is basically like a... You can choose 
the little bits of the documentary throughout this you can skip along this line and it takes you to that part in the movie and then brings up the picture in picture at the same time so well, you're basically being able to pick the, the history thing parts. tells you the truth about the people and the thing going on. It does, but the pop-up video comes up again. Now, interestingly enough, this one didn't sound too... This one sounded all right. Mm-hmm. So I don't it might know have been the part of the movie we were in, though. We were in the depends. jailbreak part, which was pretty loud. Parts of it were, parts of it weren't. Yeah. So, yeah, this the two U-Control things. It's just a shame that the sound is effed up because it makes the U-Control bit kind of difficult to mess with. Um then there's actual features which you can watch just fine because they're separate to the movie. There's larger-than-life adversaries. Now, these are all almost like one thing that they just chopped up into pieces, aren't they? Like about mm-hmm. six pieces. I like it. So there's Michael Mann. The first one's larger-than-life adversaries. I'll just go through them and then we'll explain what they all were. There's Michael Mann making public enemies. There's Last of the Legendary Outlaws. On Dillinger's Trail, The Real Locations, and Criminal Technology. Now, to me, they all feel like they were part of one big, like, hour-long special that was made on this movie, but chopped up. What it, what they are, essentially, all of them, dealing with the different subjects. Michael Mann, Johnny Depp, Christian Bale. Um, who else? Talking Heads, basically. Yeah. And some on-set footage. Um pretty good actually because I like listening to Michael Mann a focus on his attention to detail going so far as to have them shoot in the actual places where almost well everything because the guy said he won't allow us to build any sets so everywhere they went the jail he broke out of the place that was the gun the shootout in the woods all that was the actual real places there was a lot of talk about that in all of those extras yeah there was um, there was a little not enough for me but a little detail on the original... I mean, the real guy. Right, yeah. And some old clips from the real times. Not enough. I would have liked to have seen a full yeah, documentary like, exactly. on Exactly. That's what I was Instead of the for. glossy Michael Mann making of... But what that does is it highlights the differences between what he's told you in this movie and what really happened. For example, the girlfriend that he meets as a Chet Hut Chet girl and a thing, and she's young, and she says, I've just come here and just trying to make my way. In reality, that girlfriend was 25 years old, was already married, and her husband was in prison. Yeah, so this isn't a so, factual Yeah, thing. if you watch yeah. that documentary, and it tells you that, you, it puts a whole different spin on why on this woman's sort of... You know what I mean? So... This, I, um, that's probably why I didn't put it on there. This line on the back of the, <laughs> the, back of the uh, Blu-ray, perfect picture and purest digital sound available. Nice. Okay. It might be pure. Yeah. Pure digital sound is true. The original mix is the problem. So that's your high def features. Quite a lot. Probably totals about an hour if you put... You forgot uh, one. No, I'm I'm getting to that. If you put them all together, that um, totals probably about an hour. Um, And then there's a feature commentary with Michael Mann if you want more in-depth detail. Because I don't feel like that hour really gives you tons. No. Because it does repeat itself a lot. As well, you yeah, because it's because it's segmented up. They tend to say the same thing in each one, um, and then there's the BD Live feature, which was activated even though this isn't out yet, which was interesting, and it's the Gangster Movie Challenge. Now I think it's kind of fun. I, um, I don't claim to know a lot tons about gangster movies, and what it is is like it's a quiz that you can take, and each section is related to a different film so the films covered are like this film Public Enemies which we did best on because we'd only just seen it (laughs) Scarface American Gangster Carlito's Way Carlito's Way and Casino Mm -hmm. Um, didn't choose didn't have Goodfellas on there interestingly enough or Godfather 
No. Maybe, probably because they're different film companies. Correct. Um, but it's just a quiz. You can have fun with it, and it, it ranks you if you do well. And we did really poor. And yeah, we did really poorly. Yeah. So... And it, you can even... It has leaderboards, but I'm not... Com- we were number one, and I'm not convinced those leaderboards <laughs> are switched on yet. Correct. So, but we're number one for now. You can probably beat us immediately by answering both <laughs> questions. Um, so that's the BD Live feature. There's a digital copy on a second disc, and also there's the Pocket Blue app, so you can turn your iPhone into your remote control, which is going to be standard on all these universal discs now. Um, but co- do you have to do the thing every time? No, you load it onto your iPhone and then it's an app that exists on your iPhone. You just For any movie that has For it. any movie that right. is. Um, and then there's the cover, mm-hmm. which is just a picture of Johnny Depp with his gun. Yeah. And it's mainly black and red. I'm not a fan of it. Me neither, to be honest. Very well. We have a very... This is like a split personality movie because everything, everything that's substantial about it, that's like content, is awesome. And then all the flash, all the. Fun. Now some people might think that oh, the, sure. the style is the, the their favorite thing ever, ever. But you know, for me, it was not, and it took it didn't away from. All cooked together very well. Yeah. Um, so in conclusion, <laughs> and it's weird. It's a weird movie, really, because I thoroughly enjoyed it the entire time, apart from some issues which we mentioned. I would recommend you watch it because it's a good gangster film. Good I mean, it's a really topic. good gangster film. Um, it's an interesting piece of American history, yeah, even though it's been effed with a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It highlights, though, the the idea of so many changes happening right then in the 20s and 30s. Definitely. You know? And an interesting, you know, about... I, I love that idea of the mafia even thinking you're just too crass for us. You're, you are small potatoes. And it's just crass. Like, do we, we don't do that shit anymore. We do this, like, money laundering and kind right. of... Blue collar crimes or whatever they call them. Like we don't do that. And messy it was stuff. also kind of implied that he wasn't. You, they couldn't buy him off or control him or anything. So he was a wild card. And he now the question really is, why didn't they just kill him? Yeah, <laughs> and he expected all their support. Like he wanted doctors. Yeah. Um, you know, safe houses, prostitutes, the whole lot. Because as you're introduced to him, he's a big man. Yeah. Of. And, oh, it's a big fish in a small pond, we'll say. And then it sort of all unraveled. Yeah. So, overall, for me, I recommend it. It's really hard to recommend... Well, I recommend it, and that's the only version you're going to ever get of it. <laughs> right. I mean, if it's if the sound's bad, the sound's bad, right? It did affect my enjoyment of the movie. I mean, it did. I can imagine it would affect your enjoyment of the movie a little bit more if you didn't have a nice sound system. Or maybe not. Maybe on a maybe on just a TV with the TV speakers, it's all leveled out. Or not. Mm-hmm. Or really bad. You know, I, who knows? I mean, I'd like people's feedback on the yeah. on the issue. You can leave it on the website. Um, but I recommend the movie because it's not a crap movie. When you reflect back on it and think about the characters and what was going on, it's almost a better experience. Yeah. Than watching it itself. I know that sounds really bizarre, but that's the only way to describe it. Now I'm thinking back on all of the stuff that went on. I can put it in my own mind the way I want, and it's better. I can say I'm a little bit... Because I, I, you know, I know what this movie's about when I was going into it, and I you know, read the cover and I'd looked at it. I was a little bit disappointed coming out of it. Because yeah. I went, Michael Mann, Johnny Depp... You mm-hmm. know, all, I said to you this week... Public Enemies, Michael Mann, Johnny Depp, gangster movie. How good is that going to be? 
So yeah, I did feel a little bit disappointed coming out of it. But still not, I still enjoyed myself. So Yeah, because as we talk about the good parts, it's awesome. Yeah. So that's where you get the quality, and that just didn't really be how it's it is. Weird. But... It's a bit, a little bit weird. It's a weird <laughs> one. I've never had a movie that's, I've been conflicted that way. Not like, that much. Like, like as though I have to split it down the middle and, you know, be positive about one part and not about another. Yeah. So um, thanks to Universal for the movie. Um, next week's movie, Touchwood, should be... Inglorious Bastards I'm on, Blue, on Blu-ray disc um, Brad Pitt and Nazis I'm Nazis. absolutely stoked to see this I one. want me Nazis yep <laughs> um, so, yeah, that you're stoked because it's Quentin Tarantino that sounded like he was from Boston <laughs> by the way want me Nazis so yeah Inglorious Bastards on Blu-ray um, contest you can go and win a copy of Public Enemies on the site on DVD um, and a special Public Enemies bottle opener. I don't know what that has to do with anything. <laughs> Nobody opens any bottles. Could be like the Prohibition or... I don't prohibition know. is over by the time we yeah, get to 1935. But anyway, the Public Enemies bottle opener. You can get one of those from entering our competition. Thanks to Universal, as I said, and movie recommendations. Uh, my movie recommendations this week are for a heist movie. Um, kind of a heist movie. Oh, it is a heist movie. The Lookout, which I really, really liked. It's like a real small film. Most people probably didn't see it. Yep. Um, Who's the dude? I don't know his name, but I really... <laughs> I can in? see What's his face. Film? Yeah. We were surprised and happy that yeah. it was good. It's good. It's really good. It's, um, it's kind of small. It's a very thing. small, independent, small heist. It's not a big heist either. It's a smallish... It's not Harvard, is it? No, it's, it's not. <laughs> it's, I can't remember his name. But anyway, The Lookout. And the second one is on the Michael Mann tip and heists. Heat, you know, like the ultimate heist movie. People still think to this day it's the ultimate heist movie. And that heist scene pretty much is. It inspired a lot of things. You know, it didn't have that much impact on me. I watched it. I don't remember a lot of it. Mm. I've seen it once. Maybe I need to watch it again. It's very good. My recommendations are, and the first one is because of the time frame. Because it makes you more interested. It makes me more interested. Because I've heard so much about the 20s and 30s from my grandparents and, you know, their lives. Is, and this has nothing to do with reality. But, oh, brother, where art thou? Which I've I, I got to say, awesome. that's one of my favorite. Um, Far- Who is it? Far- Farley Brothers? Not Farley no, Brothers. No, the other ones. <laughs> Cohen Brothers. Cohen Brothers, yes. Farley Brothers <laughs> is a totally different thing. Oh, totally. Um, that Cohen Brothers. Apart from Just, No Country for Old Men, it's one of my favorites. It's, it's weird and stimulating in a way you can't and it's set in that time frame and it's just like it's like a joy to me it's like one of those movies so that came to my mind as we were watching it because the dust bowl and the 30s and the depression and just all of that and my other one is as i've mentioned already is the assassination of jesse james by the coward robert ford and longest film title ever it is probably not but it the story of telling about these men who have become iconic in our history, you know, in our American history. That is, to me, if I think back, that's just, it's quality all the way through. It's long and it's detailed. I loved it. I mean, I really loved it. I felt like it brought out the best in everybody involved and... I would also um, pin onto that that There Will Be Blood too, which we mentioned before. There's another good, that era type of, well, it's a little bit before. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, say, what is it, 1890s? Into the 19th century. Um, but still, a real gritty look at, you know, a, a particular industry, oil, in this particular... That was, that was really good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's a, a lot of movies to sink your teeth into this week. Um, so, Games and Ace Girl Easter. <laughs> Put that tongue away. Um, I've been playing Modern Warfare 2. What was that? Been playing Modern Warfare 2 on my Modern Warfare 2 Xbox. I see. <laughs> been playing that for the last three weeks. What can I say? I, that's pretty much the only Somebody game. Somebody mentions I'm... it and you want to play. Like right now, you want to play because you've just said it. Mm-hmm. It means you want to If anybody stop else mentions doing. it, I want to play it. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> uh, if I see the box just lying there, I want to play it. You know? It's really weird. Anyway, Modern Warfare 2, I've said it's good. It's good. It's still good. It. I think we've, 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 you know. I'll probably be still playing it in July. Um,. And I'll, I'll still say it's good. Uh, the other game I've played a little bit of this week is uh, Resident Evil The Dark Side Chronicles on the Wii. Now, what they've basically done here, and this is something that seems to be happening on the Wii like every two weeks or three weeks, is they took Resident Evil and they made it into one of those like on-rails experiences. You know, when we saw... Do you remember when I showed you Dead Space? Mm-hmm. And that was the... Mm-hmm. You don't really do anything version of Dead Space apart from point and shoot. Well, they've done that to Resident Evil. Now, they've took your favourite moments from Resident Evil Code Veronica, which was the Dreamcast entry in the Resident Evil series. And Resident Evil 3? Kind of the favourite moments from those games and uh, made them into a rail shooter, which means you point your Wiimote at the screen and shoot stuff while it walks for you. Does it look good? It doesn't look as good as Resident Evil 5. It's on the Wii. Right. Looks alright. Um, and zombies appear and you shoot them. There's no depth. No, none. Because you don't move the character. Right. It walks for you, for you. You, you don't do anything. or You, you just... point and shoot it. You point it and you shoot it. And that is it. <laughs> you might not have heard that. There's a young child yelling outside. Probably won't hear it. But, um, my neighbors and that. You know, it's... I like these rail shooters for what they are, but I could never justify spending money on them big time. Like, I mean, this was a rental. I wouldn't pay... $60 for something where I just point and shoot. Right. It's just not enough interactivity. It's like... I don't know. It's, it's... It doesn't sound fun. The only reason it's fun for me is it's Resident Evil, you know? I like to see Resident Evil on anything. Like, it's... And this kind of furthers the story a little bit. Hmm. But it's the Code Veronica story, which... We played Code Veronica right through, didn't we? Uh, I think I saw on the played most of it. You played it with me. Yeah. Yeah, we, looked, we had the guide... If I remember correctly. Maybe. Oh, we had a magazine that described all the different stuff. I remember. Oh, we get printing crap out. No, no, it? it was a magazine. Some magazine that printed out all the different things that you were going to be encountering. But anyway, if you're a Resident Evil fan and you've got a Wii, you'll probably have fun with it. It's not a short game. Actually, I've heard it's 15 to 20 hours long. So, you know, and I've, I'm, I've done a few levels, two or three. And it's kind of interesting that, oh, yeah, I remember that level. Right. But now it's in first-person view instead of you seeing the character. It's kind of different. Oh, right. Well, that does make it different then. Yeah. So, yeah. But the fact that you can't move the character kind of... kind of That's what... The Dead Space, I kind of enjoyed it, but I always wanted to be able to move the character. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Anyway, um, that's it for this week. That's all I've been playing. Modern Warfare 2, generally. I took a look at that for a little bit. Um, next week's game... Game? Is James Cameron's Avatar, the game. Um, which I will play. Uh, I'm not so sure if I'll play it before I see the movie, though. 
unless it takes place after the movie or before the movie, something like that, then then I'll be good. Because hmm. sometimes they do, sometimes they don't just cover the entire movie. They say, oh yeah, this Are is... Are we a... going to the theatre to see this movie? Probably not. Okay, good. Probably wait for the Blu-ray. I, I would prefer that. But... Yeah, so would I. Um, so yeah, that's it for games this week. Pretty shallow week on games. What have you got? What's my Sid Talk stuff? What's yes. for dinner, first of all? Going to be some vegetable curry. I think it's going to be our Sunday tradition, because it's easy and it's delicious. And some aloo palak. What is that? That is an Indian dish, as in, like, India the country. Not yes. Native American slash I mean, you don't cut a Native American up and stew them. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> oh, my God. You're <laughs> awful. No. It is Indian Indian, and it's aloo palak, from what I can tell. Uh... I think I've figured out the name of it. And it is, like, potatoes cooked with spinach. Oh, that, yeah, I love it's that. It's got, like, spices in it. and I've had that before, and it, like, somebody made it for me last time. And I mean, a lady from India. And it was really hot. Yeah, mine I mean, will be spicy like that. It'll so be curry flavor. The one that she made, I enjoyed. But it was so spicy, my head felt like it was going to fall <laughs> off. <laughs> so this will just be tiny little chopped up potatoes, because hers were these tiny little cubes. They I'm were. I'm going to try to do that. I can do those. And then some spinach. And then some of the curry powder and flavoring. Yeah, it sounds good. Maybe a little bit of garlic tossed in there. And some salad. And I'm going to bake an apple pie. Which is frozen. It's not homemade. Oh, but it sounds really good. And that's it. Now, I also wanted to mention Black Friday. We did not participate in this little ritual. It's a bit racialist for me. I drove home in the morning and I saw the lines, some lines of people, you know, outside the stores. And I just thought, oh, I mean, I've done it in the past. You know, got up at four in the morning, drove an hour to the stores, because I lived over an hour away from any big stores. And I don't really know what I was thinking. I'm not that person. Do you know what? I like, hate it. Let me say this year, right? I um, Like, online Black Friday, the online version of Black Friday, Amazon, Newegg, all those kind of places, Sears, Toys R Us, to me, has been very good like um you and, and it, they didn't just limit it to, to friday you can actually shop all this week coming up so right. you never really had to go to the stores because everything toys r us were doing cheap in the stores they also were doing online in limited quantities so if you could get there in time the same as the stores now i bought one thing on black friday uh two things actually one thing was a present for you <gasps> and the other thing was a copy of uh forza 3 which is a game that i wanted um, which you bought for our nephew, and that's how I played it, and then I bought my own copy. Right. Now, I bought a copy for twenty four ninety nine when you paid 60 yeah. for Full yours. Price. And this has only been out a few weeks, so I got a deal, and that was on Newegg, a Black Friday-only deal. So I feel that you don't really need to go out traipsing around. I mean, some people say it is totally the atmosphere, that they love. Oh. They love the hustle, the bustle, the not. crowds, and all that, and it's like a ritual. If I wasn't shopping for something specific, and I had some friends close by, and we wanted to just go rummage around, that wouldn't be a big deal. But when these people have these lists that they have to get, and they will elbow you out of their way and stuff, literally, and I'm not even joking, people are like insane. I don't, and you're not saving any money. If you didn't go that day, you wouldn't spend all the money you spent. You might spread out your shopping and spend a little less, but, you know, whatever. So I'm just saying we put a line under that one. But anyway, no, uh, Black Friday. Uh, what became, what's become a tradition online now is Cyber Monday, which is Monday, this Monday coming up. 
if you want deals on electronics, look on the big electronics sites online on Monday because you probably find better deals there than you did on Friday in the stores because hmm. they're all clearing stuff out, you know, old end of line stuff. So Cyber Monday, I think, is the. Why do we have to label everything? I don't know, but oh I, I feel that um, you can pretty much do if you're into Black Friday and it, you, you hate the bustle. Not just you can online. Do it online. But I can go to all the stores in this town right now and get the same deals they had on Friday because they're going to restock all those items. I mean, they're going to have the same prices on the, everything. The people who say they got a one hundred dollar fifty inch plasma—that <laughs> was probably one person, you know, in this that town. That wasn't a real deal. I mean, those those deals that were the bit, the deals that are too good to be true. Yeah, but they they didn't run out. Is what I'm saying. They're going to restock between now and Christmas. Yeah, but they won't be that price anymore. They will. You can look in the flyers coming up and for next. So that's it's just a. I, I, I saw some good deals, to be honest, but there's no way you'd catch me out at four in the morning lining up for them. No. One no. of my friends called me. I was at work. It was 2.30 in the morning. She's like, hi, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm at work. What are you doing? We're on our way to this town, which is two and a half hours away from where she lives. The store's open at four, so we want to get there when they're opening. And I was like, are you insane? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, wow. And so. she had no list either. She was just going for the fun of it. And then my other thing is uh, the great old Christmas tree debate. I plan to put it up either today or tomorrow. Your position on this is you don't put don't a put it up till December at least. December the first, December the fifteenth. Any time in December is fine. <laughs> well, my tradition in back in England, growing up with my grandma and people like that, they put it up about the fifteenth. The tree. I don't know what the deal is. Something to do with the twelve days of Christmas. Something like that. That's not religious, though. I know it wasn't. Is it? But, well, I don't know what it was. Anyway, she, she put it up and she took it down on a specific day, too. But it was always like a week before Christmas and a week after. See, my mom always put it up the day after Thanksgiving and we don't take it down till January 1st. I found that too long. It's not too long because it's... The thing is, you have probably never been in charge of the entire process. You've never been the person who packaged it up, got it out, set it up, just decorated it all, all of that stuff yourself, right? I'm not being sexist. I'm just saying that's probably generally the woman of the household's duty or job or pleasure or whatever you want to call it. I happen to love it myself. So when you think of all the effort you're going to go to, the end result is my tree is up. It's pretty. I love looking at the lights at night. It brings back good memories when I was a kid and looking at it. But the effort to get there, if it's only going to be up a week, it's not long enough. It doesn't balance well, out no, the week. effort. Two weeks. So No, not even two weeks. It needs to be... A lot I do like, of my year. <laughs> I do like lights on the house outside, though. And we do need to do that this year. We did do it last year. We no. had We had them up on little hooks. Yeah, just on that front thing. Yeah. But, so that's the debate. Like, when do you put up your Christmas tree? So My I'm debate is in, in December. And mine is immediately soon. Soon. <laughs> because I, I don't like the thing in the stores where, like, oh. you go in the stores the day after Thanksgiving and they're all Christmas in it up. Oh, they're Christmas in it up in July, you know? No, it, the week of 4th of July is when the Christmas aisle went yeah. up in Walmart. I mean, it's just stupid. We don't need... It's six months away, for Christ's sake. It's all a big money mill. They just really... That's, that's what, what Thanksgiving was invented for, actually. I think both of them have, have turned into that, to be honest. Nobody wants to admit it. But the real reason for Christmas, right, is a religious thing. I think most people have forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Really. Yeah. When it comes down to it. Because that has nothing and to I'm do with And I'm not religious. Not at all. So that's not what it means to me either. Even though I was brought up Catholic, <laughs> um, living with a Catholic grandma, and yes, Christmas was religious when I was a child, because it was about going to church and saying prayers and, you know. But now it's not. 
But then it is a little bit because I still have them memories. And mine's never been religious, though. But that is what it is. Mine's always been the tree and the presents. Christ And the food and the family dinners that we have always had. So, is that everything? That's all I got. So, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, I want to remind you about the websites. AceScully.com, SidTalk.com. You can also go to Twitter and find us. We're AceScully and SidTalk, respectively. Uh, You can go to Facebook, Xbox Live. YouTube mini reviews. You got some. You're going to say. And then I'm going to catch up on them. Yeah, we're going to get the. Uh, I mean, there's three there already. You're either going to get your webcam sorted, or you'll do them on your camera. Yeah. But you, you've got a way of doing them. Um, you can also subs- the easiest way to subscribe is go to acecully.com, click on the word podcast at the top. You can go. It links you to the Zoom Marketplace, iTunes Music Store, and there's RSS links if you've used something else. Um, you can email feedback to me at acecully@acecully.com. Can you email feedback to Sid Talk at Sid Talk? Doesn't care what you have to say. Sid Talk doesn't <laughs> care about you in the slightest. Dot com <laughs> and dot org, I think. And you can you can follow me on Twitter, and I'm not going to follow you. You can try to be my friend on Facebook, and I'm not going to be your friend. Exactly. <laughs> so you know, if you worship me from a distance, it's going to be kind of hard listening to my voice. That's pretty much it. That was my. <laughs> I don't even know. It sounded like a cell phone ring it was coming like my, out of your face. It was like, <laughs> like my throat closed up. That was because I'm being so evil, you know, and God, knowing that I'm not my particular fan, is coming down. Trying to me. kill you. Right, so so um, I just want to say uh, stay classy, John Dillinger. Uh, I could have swore at one point one of the characters called him Jim, and it wasn't like a fa- it was an accidental thing, and they just let it go. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would need that confirmed. In fact, his name is John. And his character's name was John. How could you call him Jim? In real life, people do forget your name and shit sometimes. So maybe... Maybe they just throw that in. I think it was a mistake. And I'm going to say... Think for yourself, everybody. Don't be a sucker for Black Friday if you don't have to. Just think for yourself or someone else is going to do it for you. 